Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. Right. Good Saturday afternoon, everybody. I am Rich Orris. I am a home consultant with Mosby Building Arts. And for the next hour, I am your host of Right at Home with Rich, and you can be my guest at Right at Home with Rich. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today, sharing your Saturday afternoon with me. And don't forget, if you call in, you will be eligible for that $25 Stephanina's gift card That will get you an awesome dinner for two. Try out that stuff special pizza for sure. If you get there, I'm telling you, if you like pizza, it's the best there is. The number for you, 314-241-9797. Make sure you leave a phone number so we can contact you when you're the big winner. And on today's show, we're covering how to inspect your deck. We're covering some open floor plans, some load-bearing walls, how to get the right kitchen. You're going to want to know that for sure. And as always, I will unveil my right at home hack halfway through the show. You do not want to miss this one. Here's your question for you today. Where is the proper place to install a vapor barrier in a wall system? You're remodeling your basement, whatever you're doing, where should you put that vapor barrier? I would love to know and hear from you about that. Let's get started. I want to see who knows where that vapor barrier goes. Give me a call and let me know. Let's see if you can see if you can educate me on it a little bit too. The phone lines are wide open 314-241-9797 and I want to go over a couple things ongoing and coming up, you know, as always around Mosby Building Arts. Um, our next seminar is uh Chugging right along, coming close. We just had one not too long ago out at uh, Top Golf. A lot of fun. Everybody got some great information there. So June eighth, we have bathrooms at the Missouri Athletic Club West at ten thirty a.m. and uh, doors will open around ten. You can get there, get ready, and what we would say is you can email us at events at Mosby. Dot com or just call the office 314-909-1800 and let us know um, that you're interested in that one at 10 so we can get our list together and have enough space and have enough snacks and different things for everybody while they're there. It will be a glorious time. You will absolutely not regret getting that information. And uh, you can find all this information on our website at callmosby.com. Go there and find everything. You can find stuff about me, the radio. You can find stuff about our company, all the people. Everything's in it. You're going to love it. Lots and lots of photos. If you want to see stuff that we have done, www.callmosby.com. 
check us out. You'll absolutely love it. You'll get some great information out of there. And you can find out about all the other upcoming seminars and things like that that we're um, doing uh, across the board. So I think we'll uh, jump right into the phones. We have uh, Brad on the line has a uh, question. What do you got going on, Brad? Are you there? toilet that uh, no matter how much I plunge it, it does not clear. And I was wondering, I've got one of those snakes and I, I can't get it to go around the elbow. Is there something else that I could use to try to, you know, get into that line? Um, are you trying to go around the, the elbow, like in the toilet, like from the top of the toilet down through the bowl? Uh, yeah, through, you know, the, mm-hmm. where, you, where you plunge at, I'm trying to go in there. And it doesn't seem like that snake will go around that corner. Yeah, the snake is definitely very hard to get through the bowl of a toilet because that's a pretty hard trap there that, you know, and it takes a lot of force, you know, for the water, everything to get get along through there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to bend that snake that much. So when your drain clearing people come out, if you're plunging and not having luck and it's just not working, they're going to go through your pipe. They're going to find your clean out in the drain and they're going to go through a straighter pipe, and I think that's probably going to be your best bet to, you know, getting it something, you know, that's probably in there more towards the pipe, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. if it's that blocked and you're not able to uh, plunge it, I'd, I'd bet that's where they're going to have to go. So there's nothing I can do myself? I Boy, not, uh, aside from emptying everything out, and, I, you know, I've done this a couple times because, you know, things happen. Like I actually had a toilet one time myself that, um, there was a nail file, like kind of one of those wooden stick nail files that, um, literally got caught between the, the floor kind of in the wax ring between Mm -hmm. the bowl and the floor. And so it was just constantly, and you get it clear, but that stick was always there, that file. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, your other option is literally, Get everything out of it and take the toilet, you know, dismount it from the floor and everything and try and just go through it that way and see if there's something in there. But mm-hmm. um, is there, is that's there, a job. Um, can I use a snake once, if I take the toilet off the floor, can I use a snake then or is there still too much of an elbow somewhere? If it's in the bowl, you can go in the opposite direction and try and, you know, because then you're not having to take the entire turn. So if what's... Oh stuck there is actually in the trap of that bowl, that's probably what I'd recommend. Okay. Is there anything below the floor that has a a pretty good kink to it that I wouldn't be able to get through? As soon as you get in that floor, there's another elbow, and that's what makes everything so hard, and that's why it may not be. You might be getting through the bowl, Mm -hmm. um, and and as soon as you go through that floor, it turns again. And then Mm -hmm. as soon as it goes two feet to the wall, it turns again and goes Mm -hmm. down into the pipe. So... Mm-hmm. It's really where's you know where's whatever stuck at. Is this an easier fix to call in a professional then? I, I I would say if you've tried that hard, I would call in yes a drain clearing company that does that because they can they can look in there. They can even get down to cameras mm. and saying oh here's what's inside your pipe. You know, gotcha. is that and, kind of pricey? Um, it, it can be, it can, you know, it can get up the, the camera work definitely can, but, um, yeah, you can get into four or five, 600 probably Whoa. pretty easily if you get into camera work and stuff like that. And, and, you know, depending on the drain clearing company, you could be, you know, two something to, to three, 400 maybe. 
and it depends on how bad and how long and yeah. you know it's based on time and stuff like that too so are you saying 200 be the cheapest scenario probably yes oh, okay all right well thank you for your your answer hey no problem thanks for the call and this okay. is definitely um you know a common thing that that people run into all the time with slow toilets, backed up toilets, and it's really, you know, finding where that clog is or making sure the vent's not, you know, blocked. But if you're plunging, it, you're, it has nothing to do with your vent um, for sure. Um, so I think what we'll do here is um, while we await some more calls here and uh, don't forget about the Stephanie's gift card, we'll get into our first break here and um, we can get into some uh springtime weather now we'll get into some deck inspections uh when we return all right we're back rolling through it got a lot of stuff for you here today got a got a lot of information coming through but um i definitely want to uh keep the phones uh rolling if we can and we have uh Tim on the line, so I think I'll go right there, has a uh, roofing question for us. Tim, are you with us? Yeah, Rich, thanks for taking my call. Hey, you're very welcome, and I can't imagine with all the rain we've had why you would yeah. know you need a roof. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a carport roof, and it's okay. got a real uh, shallow pitch to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's shingled right now. Um, I'm wondering if I could just... Uh, uh, Put like a, uh, a tar roof on, or maybe a uh, some type of uh, rubberized roof instead of of replacing the shingles. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, and my question for that would be is to figure out what actual pitch that roof really is, because if it's very shallow, it, it may very well be too shallow for shingles at all it, it there's a there's a possibility it, you may need some other type of roof that would be recommended even by the manufacturer um yeah it's, but, shingled. it's shingled now mm-hmm. yeah and, yeah so <clears throat> so you know figuring out that pitch to make sure um you know would be a, a great thing to do anything underneath what they call a 312 you do not want to put roofing shingles on um, at all. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what that means is as you come out in a level line off from like the roof or anywhere on the roof or the peak of the roof, if you come out level, it's how far it drops. So for every foot, it would need to drop, you know, uh, that certain distance. So it's like three inches and 12 inches would be a three twelve. So so for every, every one foot drop, uh, a 312 would be uh, yep. uh, one four foot out. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You'd want to come out. Basically, if you come out three feet and you're dropping one foot, you're on the borderline for being able to use shingles. If it's under that, if you come out three feet and you're under that foot, it means you're underneath that and you want something else anyway. So I would look at, um, I mean, really the best thing out there is um, for, for like really flat roofs is a TPO, like a rubber rubberized roofing product it's white that's you know they do make uh, something else called edpm that is black that may look better with you know other portions of the roof of the house um is this something that comes in a bucket or does it come in a sheet no these this comes in a sheet like a roll and it's 
12 foot wide and you can get a pretty long roll and um, you, you basically roll it across there and then you like weld the seams, uh, you know, where it overlaps. And I mean, so the TPO is in the EDPM is good for an actual flat roof. I mean, I'm talking a roof that in 20 feet drops four inches. Um, so it will last wonders on like a one or two twelve or something like that. Um, you'll, you'll never, you know, replace that roof for, you know, 30, 40 years or something. Um, once you can, get that um, one on there. Can I get that TPO at like a big box store, like a Home Depot? I don't know if they have that honestly or not. You might need to try and track down like, um, uh, uh, arrowhead supply or something like that to get to, you know, a, a type of roofing membrane like that. Okay. Hey, I've got a, uh, I've got a suggestion for the last caller with the toilet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think what you told them, uh, about, uh, taking the toilet off and going, taking that toilet auger, that snake and going from the bottom, uh, through, Probably what's happening, he's probably not getting through that trap because there's something stuck in there. And yeah, it is possible. It's hard to get around that trap yeah, in that uh, hole. I, I've, I've got rental properties, and, I, you know, if he's got kids, kids like to throw things in those toilets. Yeah. What happens is it gets stuck up in that trap, and you can't force it through the way it went in. you got to go the opposite side and push it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and like a nail file, you know, the weirdest things can end up in there. Yeah, I mean, just just uh, a month ago, I had uh, had one I had to pull off, and I uh, and I had to go through the bottom with the toilet auger and uh, out popped a pill bottle. Oh gosh! You know, and <laughs> and what happened was that that lid was getting stuck. The, the 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 bottle itself was was narrow enough to get into the trap, but the lid is what stuck it in yeah. there. Yeah. So I couldn't force the lid through through the trap. Uh, from the top of the bowl, but you know when I took the toilet off and went through the the bottom, you know it, it pushed that pill bottle out. So I would try that before he. Yeah, yeah. And spends. You know. Yeah, if if you're if you're good with that yourself and and handy enough to pull the toilet off and do all that, that's that's probably yeah. where I would take it, it to. It sounded like he was willing to to do. What he, what he could himself instead of having to call somebody else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, uh, and there, too, there's certain things that, like that pill bottle, man, you don't want to get that any further into your drain lines. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? I don't know what, that, I don't yeah. know what the, the, the pills were in there, but, yeah, you don't want that. Yeah, you might just, you know, if you did get that auger through, you end up with it down under your basement floor causing a whole nother, you know, blockage down there and everything. Well, hey, Tim, I appreciate the call. Great question. Um, we got you on the, on the list here for the, the gift card and, um, I'm going to move on here to, uh, Jim has a uh, question about, and we got more, uh, more spring weather water stuff going on here. Uh, Jim, you got some water in your basement? Uh, yes. My, well, it's my son. He bought my father's house and, uh, passed away and, uh, it's a 1950s home, a ranch, small 900 square foot home. But anyway, we never had any water in the basement until they did the lateral sewer line, which opened up the, you know, for the water to go down through the column and the dirt, and it ended up having water. Well, anyway, he had it waterproofed all the way around, 
and everything, but uh, when they did, they put a sub pump in that was a one-eighth of a horse power uh, sub pump. I don't know if I'm asking you the right uh-huh. person for this or not. Sure. But anyway, it doesn't have the water coming around the perimeter, but right now we got, like, there's like a crack going across, you know, the middle of the floor, and water seeps up through there. So he's getting more pressure. Now, I don't know if... Uh, is that he has a one-eighth horsepower uh, sub-pump or uh, if there's something else that we can do to uh, fix the problem with the water coming up in the middle of the floor, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and that's, um, yeah, that would be pretty particular because the the, the perimeter sub-pump, the horsepower of that motor is is only importance of will it keep up with the amount of water you're getting in that pit? How well will it run? And, and of course, the more horsepower, the bigger the motor, the, the sturdier, the longer, you know, it will probably last, um, yeah. you know, running all the time. But so the horsepower really doesn't affect what you're asking about. Yeah, um, he's saying something about a static fan or something, maybe, I don't know, something that where it can, uh, Push it around to where it comes. I don't know. I, yeah, that I'm unfamiliar with, but really the goal here is so the water is making it to the center of the basement floor, and it's it's not being picked up for some reason by the perimeter drain of that sump pump. Does that perimeter drain go around all four of the basement walls around the yeah, entire I basement? Yeah, it goes all the way around the perimeter. Okay, because I've seen them do like just a portion or what they can get to or where they think the water's coming in to save money and then it comes in like another wall. So my other question would be is probably not super answerable, but the type of system they put in, where that sits, um, because in how, how far does that floor slope also? Like how much does it drop towards the center of that basement? Yeah. If there's a lot of slope on it, that can kind of play into that too. Yeah, we're just trying to figure out their best route to go because the company that he hired to do it, obviously, at their last time, a few years back, about two or three years ago, they did this, and then they, they've been at, they're out of business. Oh, so, okay. So yeah. can't go back to them no more. So I would, I would suspect that there's an issue with that system that they put in, and some systems actually get installed on top of the footing, of the, of, you know, of the, what's holding up the house and some get installed along the side of the footing and the one, the systems along the side of the footing are, are deeper and will pick up water sooner than a system that's on top of the concrete footing. So imagine if your footing's eight inches thick and if your system is down at the bottom of that footing, you're going to pick up water sooner than the one that's eight inches higher on top of the footing. So if your floor slopes more yeah. than four inches to the center of the floor and your in your systems on top of the footing, basically what happens is the water can get to the center of that floor kind of yeah. level prior to getting to the system around the edge. I've seen that happen. I don't know if it's your case, but I've definitely seen it happen with these systems that are on top of the footing in the past. And so that that would be something worth investigating. I would honestly say you need to bring out a professional, um, you know, waterproofing company like Helitech and have yeah. them take a look at it, see what that system is, and and you know, 
see what any corrections are for that is is where yeah, I'd recommend. So, this is a smaller home. There, when they get a bigger home now, you know they want to get out of here, but they don't want they want like to fix the you know the crack. But I don't know. Yep. Uh, there's things that you can fix. It's like a minor hairline crack where the water just seeps up through it in the middle. Yep. It doesn't. Uh, like I said, I don't know. I guess I have to look in and see if they went all the way around the whole perimeter with the drain tile and everything. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I would have them in, inspect it like that. And, and I'm coming up against a hard break. I need to get rolling. But if you stay tuned, um, I'll I'll get Helitech's phone number out to everybody so well, that they can... Uh, you know, get get a call into Helitech and have them have them check that out. And I I appreciate the call, Jim. I'm sure there's a ton of that going on. We're seeing so much water stuff going on right now with all this rain we've had. It's affecting everybody in in the St. Louis area for sure. So stay tuned. Give me a shout, 314-241-9797, and we'll go over some more of that stuff when we return. All right, so everybody out there right now, we've been we've been talking about so much of this. It's spring. We've been talking about the water. We got so much rain. If you if you don't have a leak, it's probably because you haven't looked hard enough to try and find the the leak that you have. I'm telling you right now, and 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 I'll kind of advise everybody. So this is what I just did the other day. And, and I try and do this when, when I get some time and when the opportunity is right. But when you've got, you know, one of those just raining, raining cats and dogs, like they say, a, a tall cow peeing on a flat rock or whatever, just coming down like you would not believe. I'm telling you, grab your umbrella. I got home the other day and it was doing that right when I got home and I, I got my umbrella out and just walk around the house it will show you so much and it will draw your attention just to things that even if you don't understand it or know how to fix it, you'll at least kind of go, oh, geez, yeah, that definitely doesn't look right. And and I should probably get that figured out. And, you know, I've, I've done that for years and, and I'll never forget in, in one of my last houses that, that we lived in, um, I did that. I came home. And I went looking around and when I pulled up and I hadn't done it in a while, when I, when I pulled up, there was just water cascading over the gutter above the garage, down all around the driveway, all that whole thing is just, that that whole gutter was blocked. So I grabbed my umbrella and I walked around the whole house. I found one other spot kind of on the same kind of back corner, but almost same area, you know, and just didn't realize that these trees are getting tall, you know, and if once you've lived there 13 years, all of a sudden you start to think, yeah, those, those trees are taller than the gutter lines now. And so I went inside and, and, and my wife was in there and I was telling her, I'm like, oh man, that, she's like, yeah, that gutter's been doing that for a while. And I'm like, just speak up, you know, like <laughs> I, I've never been there to see it in the rain and just, you know, you, you got to you got to either be disciplined enough to have that schedule where you're like, I just go up there and clean my gutters X amount of time a year. And, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I don't have a big list of people that just do that, you know, that so, but it is worth just scooting around the house, 
looking at it, see, does the roof still look the same as it always did? Do you have things growing out of your gutters? Do it in the rain, watch the water, where it goes, how it's running, is anything overflowing? And it just gives you that opportunity to, you know, get that taken care of. And really, you know, it's just a great thing to do, even if you don't have the knowledge. So I, I actually had a, another um, a client that I was looking at a bathroom for him, and I said, you know, hey, do you mind if I if I run downstairs and, and take a look at the plumbing? I want to just check the stack, and, you know, it's probably old cast iron and may need to be replaced. Oh, yeah, let's go right ahead, you know, take, take a look. And I go down there, and their sump pump is literally boiling over with water. It looks like boiling water because the pipe is broken, and it's just bubbling all over the top. The lid came off. And water's just cascading across the the basement floor over to the floor drain, and it's actually getting into some finished areas. But it was older home; they probably they probably never go down there anymore. And I literally was like, "So you know, stack's not in the best condition, but we should probably address the sump pump immediately." You know, but all it would have taken was to walk go down, take a look and just see the things. And then you can, if, if it's something you can't do, call the pros, let us look at it. You can give us a call at Mosby 314-909-1800. We can check that stuff out for you. We can consult with all of that, that type of stuff and, and how to, you know, do everything like that. So if you have anything for me, if you want to get in on some of these conversations I'm going to do my hack here right now, but I wanted to see if we, we had anybody that, that knew anything about it. So um, once we get through this, if this strikes a chord with you, give me a call. Let's have a conversation about it. 314-241-9797. And, uh, you know, let, let's have a conversation on some of these things happening around your home and, and see if we can get you held out. So, so, but for right now, as promised, we got... The rich is right at home hack. And, um, you know, so, so the question is, you know, where, where should you put a vapor barrier in your wall or floor system, you know, in St. Louis, in Missouri? Um, so, so the first thing we, we have to answer for that is, so where's the proper place on a wall when you're building a home or when you're remodeling a basement or anything like that and, and you think vapor barriers, where is the proper place that that vapor barrier goes? Well, the scientific answer to that is the warm side of the wall. So if you have a two by four wall and you want to put a vapor barrier on the side, that's always going to be warm. Let me say that again, always going to be the warm side of the wall. So when you live in St. Louis, that is virtually impossible. When you're in a climate like Florida, you know, you're going to put it on the outside of the wall. It's always, you know, going to typically year round be warmer on the outside of the wall than the inside. You get to the Antarctic or some crazy cold place, you're going to want it on the inside of the wall because you're constantly heating and it's always going to be very cold outside the wall. So what do scientists say for Missouri is you have to basically, um, they do not recommend putting a vapor retarder, vapor barrier anywhere in the wall or floor system in, in our mixed humidity climate. We have very humid climate that goes up and down. And in the winter, it's colder outside. And in the summer, it's hotter outside. So 
you can't keep moving that around. So you want that vapor barrier gone and you want a wall that can actually breathe and let in, let moisture vapor in and out of that wall through, through both the interior and the exterior of that wall, you know, you want dry. So really you, you just don't want one whatsoever and you have to flash and, and do the outside of the home right, but use a system that will let the home breathe. Um, so, and when you, when you think about it, if you put a vapor barrier and there are homes in St. Louis still that have a vapor barrier, I looked at a job last year that somebody was having work done and they were installing a vapor barrier on the inside of the wall. And I was kind of had a long conversation about why that should not be there with them. Um, and really open their eyes to it. But when you have that vapor barrier and you've got that humidity difference and the temperature difference, you're going to just promote condensation and trapping moisture inside that wall and the moisture vapors cannot get out. Um, it can ruin your insulation. It can stain the drywall. And I'll tell you something typically we see all the time is if you see water stains on your exterior walls that are around the light switches and around the outlets. And it's like a little rectangular, like water stain comes out about a quarter to a half an inch from the outlets and the switches. That is a vapor barrier was probably put on that wall. And of course they have to cut around the switch. So it creates an opening that all that moisture is trying to get out through that opening. And so if you see those stains, that's, that's what you've got going on. So you don't want to have that moisture vapor on that at all. And um, if you look at my social media, um, I just did a, a post this morning of something I saw yesterday, just yesterday, driving around. I pass a house. It's getting completely redone, the new windows, house wrap all the way around. And, and I immediately, I turned the car around, I pulled back around, I stopped, I got out and I started taking photos because they are still doing it wrong, completely wrong. It just, oh, it irks me so bad. This is where I kind of get on my soapbox a little bit where it's like, come on, people. If you look at the Tyvek, there are instructions with it. If It will tell you, Google it. There are instructions from DuPont, from the manufacturer, that show the best way to use stuff. I actually had a client a few years back where I was explaining to him how his entire system was installed incorrectly. And I said, you know, the, the sad part is that they even used the right tape. I said, but they did it all wrong. And the instructions are on the box of the tape. When they were pulling the tape out of the box, the instructions are literally on it. He went and got the box. It was in his basement of the leftover tape, and I showed him the instructions, and he about threw that box across his basement, and now my whole house is installed improperly. So there is, and check it out. Go, you know, go look Rich Oris on, on Facebook or, you know, LinkedIn. Um, uh, it's on my Twitter, too, and you can see some of these photos, how it's not lapped properly on the counter flashing, how it's the wrong tape around the windows. They've got, like, the the packing tape stuff around the windows, and that just will not last. That is not how it's done. And if if you want to find out how it's really done or you have any questions on how you should do it or how yours is done, 
Feel free to give me a call today, 314-241-9797. I think we'll get into our final break here, and we can uh, talk with you a little bit more about this when we return. All right, we're back. See, we're not in black, though. I'm, I got to tell you, I'm in blue and gray. That, uh, and, and actually, I've been... I've been working on my mom's place, uh, doing some remodeling while, uh, she had a, a surgery and she's staying with my sister. So we're, we're doing some stuff to her place to help her out and doing some remodeling and stuff. And so, so I grabbed some, uh, Jack in a box on the way here and, and I got this light gray shirt on. And of course the, you're eating stuff you don't even really want to be eating cause you're always in a hurry and you're trying to get all this stuff. And I just big old spot right in the middle of my shirt from one of them tacos that the grease i'm like ah great so yeah i should have probably wore black maybe would have hit it better (laughs) a little bit with that so but hey if you are remodeling your mom's place too and you have any questions about remodeling anything like that time's running out give me a shout get in on the stephanina's gift card too we're going to be revealing a winner here in a little bit 314-241-9797. Love to hear from you guys. But uh, I think what else, while while we wait, uh, let's start talking about this deck because it's spring and it's it's time to get outside. Today, we've had so much rain. Today is probably a great day to open some windows, get some fresh air. The pollen's been washed to the ground. Pollen's not high anymore. So, you know, for some natural air today, great temperature, great time. But we are getting into that spring season where it's time to go outside. I see everybody's, you know, well, everybody was cutting their grass. Um, haven't really had a lot of luck with that the past week or so. And um, I, I need to try and get to mine, too, with all this rain. It's been very tough. But so we're all going to be outside. We're all going to be getting on those patios, decks, you know, doing stuff out there. So think about, you know, and, and kind of what I was just talking about with the roofs and the gutters and the different things. Well, think of your deck the same way, even if you didn't build your deck, or even if you can't fix your deck, um, how do you know the condition of that deck? How do you really know, you know, if it's getting bad, if there's things that you should do to it? Um, cause it is better to, catch things earlier. You know, it's the old ounce of prevention is, you know, worth a pound of cure. So, um, you want, and honestly, just take a look around, just like we talked about the rest of the house. We'll take a look around under, under your deck, on your deck. When's the last time you've been under it? You know, maybe if it's two, three, four feet off the ground, you just never really even go under there. Um, so, you want to kind of just look around and check, you know, all the materials. When you're looking at like the flooring and stuff, you want to look for splitting wood, decaying wood. The best thing to do really is um, take a flathead screwdriver with you um, or or like an ice poker and um, just kind of, you know, stick that into some cracks and crevices, stick it into the edges of the board where you got the cut edges and just see if it's soft, if it's spongy, you know, how, how easy does it break? Um, and, and just check all the deck boards and, and stuff like that and any splintering wood and everything around there just to make sure that, you know, and that'll show you too, like insects, if you've had any insects, you know, getting in there, look at the bottom edge of your, your, all your boards for 
you know, the carpenter bees have been drilling into it. You want to definitely get them taken care of because they're, when they're drilling in, they're taking wood out and, you know, offering up opportunity for moisture and rot and all that stuff to happen. Um, so, but one of the most important areas on the deck is kind of that ledger board. And I'm talking about kind of where that attaches to the house, you know, looking at the actual lag screw heads, you know, one easy thing to inspect is when you look at the metal fasteners or the lag screw bolts and everything holding the deck against the house, if there's rust, it's the wrong material and should be changed out. Cause if you're getting water through there, you know, that rust, it's just going to weaken that. And that's that sheer strength breaking point of when you hear about decks collapsing, it's because of water getting behind the ledger board. It's because of the rot on that wood and, or the rusting and deteriorating of, you know, the wrong fasteners and everything. And that's why they change things up on how we do it and how we actually fasten it. There's newer things that now they say, go all the way through, attach it to a floor joist in the house. They're trying to make it you know, with the newer codes so that this stuff happens less and less often, you know, on these, uh, conditions of these decks. So you want to check for any, you know, gaps between that ledger and, and the house. You want to check those bolts, make sure they're tight, you know, try and tighten them up and see if all of a sudden one's just like spinning. Well, you probably got some rot around there, um, you know, and needs to be taken care of. So the flashing of that ledger board up against the house is, very, very important. This is another good spot to watch for water too, is if you're having a lot of rain and you can get access underneath there, see where that water is going. Is it coming in front of that ledger or not? Because um, the correct flashing to put that water where we want it is very, very important to, you know, keeping that ledger safe and dry and all of that. So poke that ledger with that screwdriver or that ice picker. Make sure there's no soft spots or anything happening around there. And then, of course, your railings and balusters, you really want to look at those. Um, you want to kind of, you know, firmly grip them. Don't lean against them, but you want to just check them for strength as if someone is leaning against them because you don't want it just snapping off or you know, coming loose when somebody does go to lean against that. So kind of stand back, reach out and wiggle that thing back and forth and just see how, you know, tight that feels and how stiff that still is. Um, that That's a very important part of staying on the deck and, you know, not having any issues there. The support posts are another really common place right at the bottom of them. Look for the cracks, the splits, twisting, stick the flathead screwdriver in there. If they go down into the concrete, stick the flathead screwdriver in there and see if they're rotting away. Cause a lot of times you just can't tell without doing that. And then of course the surface finish, you just want to look for the mildew, all the stuff that gets on there. It's maintenance to clean it off. But if it's getting on there, then it's holding moisture and stuff behind it. And you want to clean it off, let the air get to it. The biggest thing with mildew mold all that stuff it holds in that moisture doesn't let the wind the sun you know everything get to it and it just persisted to rot out even even quicker and everything so hopefully that's a good helper for you to go around and really inspect that deck you do not want to have anything when that when that deck goes it goes 
So check it out, stay ahead of it, do the prevention and, you know, just, just keep it safe for everybody. That's what, that's really what we're looking for, for everyone. So I do want to thank everybody today for joining in all the callers coming in. And, uh, I had a really good time. Hopefully got some, we definitely got some good questions. Hopefully got some really good information out there. So, and I'm also, I'm going to, I'm going to reach into the bag here and I'm going to pull out a name here for Tim. So Tim caller today has won the Stephanina's gift card. So we will be contacting Tim next week and we'll get that gift card uh, out to him and um, it'll get him a really good meal and everything. So I just want to say, had a great time. Stay tuned for Priscilla's All Around the Yard up next, and I will look forward to talking to everybody next week. 